Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. I'm Tom Butterfield, and I'm, of course, very happy to be your host once again. Now, today, we're going to give you some great news. Maybe not. (laughs) The goals and aspirations that we set ourselves fail most of the time. Isn't that great news? (laughs) It really isn't, is it? And today I'm going to give you a little cheeky peek behind the curtain and give you some reasons why that actually happens. We've all been there. We wake up one morning and decide today is the day we're going to change our lives and become some kind of superhero. (laughs) Sometimes this can happen organically. We just wake up like that. But a lot of the time, it seems to be triggered by some kind of life event, maybe a relationship breakup, a bereavement, a change of occupation, perhaps a last minute holiday to Marbella, or perhaps something as simple as just reflecting back on another year gone past. Quite often, we start our new habits with swathes of infectious enthusiasm and energy, only for those flames to start to fade and die, and then the embers slowly extinguish. Does anyone recognize this pattern? I certainly can. (laughs) I've tried to learn French, Italian, Norwegian, and Arabic over over the years. And no, I cannot speak any more than 20 words in any of them, I reckon. Well, if you do relate to this, congratulations, I suppose. It shows that you're human, or at least I'm human. But the problem is not just us alone. It's not all on you. There's many, many, many factors that come into play and affect the outcome in some way. One of them is the way that we structure and set our goals. And that's going to be the main focus for today's episode. I really like the saying, failure to plan is planning to fail. When you're trying to bust out of a lifelong habit, there's an actual research-based process to follow if you want to give yourself the best chance to succeed. Who knew, right, (laughs) that there's actually a blueprint out there that can uh, help us to get to where we want to be. And to do this, we need to be smarter. Yes, very clever, some of you. It is an acronym. And we're going to go through each of those letters now of SMARTER in order to give us an idea of how we can structure our goals better. So the first attribute of SMARTER goals, the S, is that they're specific. Focus is power. Have you ever used a magnifying glass on a sunny day? If you have, you'll know that the more focused the beam, the hotter the beam becomes. And that's similar to what happens when we narrow our goals. For example, uh, you could say, I want to run a marathon. But that's pretty vague, isn't it? I mean, how fast do you want to run that marathon? Uh, Which marathon do you want to run? And when in the calendar year is that marathon? Another example could be that you want to learn to cook. Is that specific? Not really. Uh, cookery is a pretty fast topic after all. It does need to be narrowed down and to be made more specific. The goal that I've set myself, or one of the goals I've set myself for this year, 
is that I want to set a time of less than six minutes 45 for an indoor two kilometer row at the Scottish Indoor Rowing Championships in November 2022. So that's pretty specific, isn't it? That's uh, it's a good effort on my part. Pat on the back for me. The M stands for measurable. If it can be measured, it can be managed, they say. Without any sort of measurement, how are we supposed to tell whether we're getting any closer to or we've already reached the goal that we've set ourselves? It's not very helpful or inspiring to say that you want to run faster this year. I mean, you know, how much more? By making it measurable, we at least know the criteria for success. And the second reason is that you need to be able to track your progress as you go. This way you can see the gap closing between where you are now and where you want to be in the future. And seeing this progress happen can make us feel really good and it can help to reinforce our motivation, make us want to carry on and our confidence boosts uh, in order to carry on down that path. But of course, not everything can be measured in value or given a number. For example, how do we measure being fully present when we're with our partners or children? Goals like this might take a little bit of creativity and lateral thinking on our part. Next, we have A for actionable. You can create an absolute master plan, but if you don't take any action, then nothing changes. It looks wonderful, a bit like you know, revision folders where you make them all color coded and, you know, all stacked together and look amazing. But if you don't do any of the revision, then you don't get any closer to the goal of knowing what you're supposed to know. So when we're deciding on our goals, it's really important to be clear about what the next step is. What's the first thing that you need to do? Now, how do we do that? Well, we want to use verbs like run or complete uh, in our written goals. Um, an example could be, you know, we want to be more active. Now, is that actionable? Not really. Instead, you could say something like, uh, in my case, for my goal, I'm going to row for 30 minutes a day, four days a week. And just out of interest, I've actually put together the first week of my own uh, daily plan and I've attached it and it will be in the show notes if you want to just have a look. It's very, very simple. It's nothing. It's not rocket science or anything like that. But I just thought it'd be quite useful if I uh, put that in the show notes for you to just to give you an example of, uh, of what we're looking for. The first R of Smarter Goals is that they must be rousing. They must get you off that sofa and cover you in goosebumps with the very thought of achieving the success that you set yourself. Research says that we stand a much better chance of achieving our goal if we're very much internally motivated. And this means that the motivation uh, and both the inspiration come from inside of us. External motivations such as money, prizes, adulation, etc. Yeah, they might work for a while, but if it doesn't really light us up from the inside, then at some point we'll likely lose interest 
and become dormant or start to drift away from that goal. The problem is that most of us set goals that we think we should do, such as, you know, oh, I really should stop smoking or, oh, I really should eat healthier and I really should exercise more. But if that goal doesn't really inspire you, it's going to feel like really hard work. And the motivation is very, very likely to fade away within maybe a week, two weeks, or, or maybe a few months at best. Only these exciting goals can really activate that internal motivation that you need in order to stay the course and end up achieving your goal. Now, the fifth attribute in SMARTER goals is that they're time bound. Uh, this is our T. By that, I mean that they include some kind of deadline, maybe a, a frequency, a start date, perhaps a time trigger, and maybe even a streak target, which we'll talk about in a moment. Now, goals can be broken down into two broad-based categories. You have achievement goals and you have habit goals. Now, achievement goals are focused uh, on one-time accomplishments. It could be something like paying off your credit cards. It could be improving a, a personal best for a half marathon or maybe even finish writing your, your a book or a novel. I know they're the same thing, by the way, but I was thinking of two different types of book. Deadlines are essential for all achievement goals. A goal without a deadline is missing that sense of urgency or direction. For example, um, we're looking to increase our sales uh, revenue by 20% is almost meaningless without a deadline. But if we added a, a, a deadline, it just makes it more focused. Uh, if we were to in, look to increase sales revenue 20% by the close of the second quarter, that's much better. Uh, when the deadline uh, is up, we can then have a look and see if we've achieved that goal or not. And, and don't forget, it's not just about passing that finishing line. We can also measure that progress as well. So, for example, if we'd increased our sales revenue by 19%, sure, we can say, well, we didn't hit our target. But you can also celebrate the fact that you did actually make a lot of progress in that time. Setting deadlines provides the chance to uh, leap into your discomfort zone with both feet. It might feel uh, better or more comfortable to assign a distant deadline, but distant deadlines tend to discourage action. And <laughs> I can I keep going back to revision on this. This must be a thing. <laughs> but I can definitely relate to this when I was revising for my GCSEs. Uh, they seemed so far away. Um, and by saying GCSEs, I've really aged myself, haven't I? But uh, yeah, they seem so far away. And then, of course, you wake up in a pool of sweat thinking, oh, my goodness, it's in three days time. I need to learn everything. So, uh, yeah, I definitely know that feeling. And sure, I definitely did start to re uh, revise from that moment on. <laughs> you might have thought in the past, you know, like I said, I've, I've got so much time. It's not due for another 10 or 12 months. I'll be fine. I'll start later. But having these short-term uh, time horizons can really focus and concentrate our effort. And I definitely know that from my revision. The tighter the deadline, the more focused and productive that we can be. 
Now, I'm not saying that you should study the night before an exam. I'm definitely not saying that. The earlier you start, the better. But a study was done between uh, by two gentlemen called Locke and Latham. And they found that workers in one experiment they looked at were able to keep their production at 100%, even when the time that they were working was cut by 40%. The new deadline seemed to create a huge amount of gain in productivity. And we can certainly experience similar gains in our own personal and, and private lives when we set near-term goals. And this leaves much more margin for other pursuits. Uh, I suppose the phrase, if you need something done, give it to a busy person rings a bell here. It's a bit different when it comes to habit goals though. Instead of one-time accomplishments, habit goals involve a regular ongoing activity. So we might think about a daily, starting a daily meditation practice, for example, perhaps a monthly coffee date with a friend or uh, get out walking each day after lunch. There's no firm deadline because we're not trying to accomplish just one thing. We're trying to maintain a practice uh, of sorts, but timing is still essential. We need to still take that into account. The most effective habit goals use several of all the other elements that we've mentioned so far. So first there's a start date. So that's when you intend to begin starting your new habit. Next is the habit frequency. So that's how often we plan to do the habit. And after that, there could be a time trigger. And that's the time of the day that we're planning to do the habit. Now, that's important because a specific time makes it much easier to become consistent. And then finally, we could have a streak target. Not that type of streak, hopefully. <laughs> or maybe it will be. Who knows? I'm talking about how many times in a row you would look to do the habit uh, in order to make it uh, eventually second nature. The E stands for goals that might feel a bit exposing. Now, perhaps on second thoughts, having uh, the word streak and exposing so close together uh, perhaps wasn't a great idea. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, but not exposing in that sense of the word. Um, like I said, hopefully not anyway. <laughs> but our goals should, however, make us feel at least a little bit uncomfortable and shine a light on the areas that we could improve upon. Researchers in the past have found that when goals are set too low, people, yes, they achieve them, but the motivation and the energy levels reduce once that they've sort of crossed that finishing line and they think they have achieved success. And they maybe don't exceed those goals by as much as they're capable. On the other hand, when people set difficult goals, they're much more likely to generate a more sustained enthusiasm and much higher levels of performance as a result. In other words, we tend to rise to a challenge, but then we coast when it's comfortable and well within our capabilities. Now, I know the idea of being comfortable it sounds pretty appealing <laughs> for a lot of people, in all honesty. But stepping outside of our comfort zone Yes, it can be scary and it can be quite intimidating at times. 
And it's this fear that hinders a lot of people's personal growth. Now, it's true that we actually secretly crave the struggle. And when we're in that, it helps us to feel more alive. So when we're dreaming about our future, our aspirations can feel a little bit too fragile and perhaps a little bit uh, too far out of reach. We start worrying about how we're going to achieve the goals. And we end up bringing our goals back into the comfort zone or even worse, we talk ourselves out of taking any action at all. But if we want something better, we have to recognise that discomfort is a necessary part of personal growth. It forces us to find a way to improve, adapt and succeed. It has to stretch us or we just won't reach out for it. It's got to expose the gap between where we are now and where we want to get to. And it has to expose the fact that you're currently below the level you feel you should be. Now, our last letter and the second R of Smarter Goals stands for Relevant. This attribute is about keeping our goals set in the reality of our current life situation. We can all come unstuck here if we're not careful. Are you a working parent with a young family? Now, your goals may well differ greatly from those of a single adult. Depending on your circumstances, training perhaps 20 hours a week over a six-month period for an Ironman event might not be logistically possible. But you need to set goals that are relevant to your actual circumstances and interests. If you don't like walking, trust me, this happens, then don't set a goal to walk the West Highland Way. (laughs) The goals must be yours and yours alone. Don't let outside pressures influence your choices that seem to force you into doing something that you think you should do rather than something that you're really passionate about and is going to be rousing for you. And finally, your goals need to align amongst themselves. You'd be very, very hard-pressed to be successful in uh, trying to train for an Ironman triathlon while at the same time starting a 21-day juice fasting program. They probably wouldn't end up being very relevant together at the same time. Setting these sometimes conflicting goals can actually end up resulting in a pretty uh, unhappy ending. And setting too many goals as well can also end up having a similar detrimental effect. You know, we're trying to do too much. There's that phrase, we overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in a year. So setting too many goals can actually end up having that similar detrimental effect and it reduces our ability to focus enough on those goals and takes away our chances of making any sort of worthwhile improvement. So we might end up making some progress in all but not the amount that we wanted to in any of them. We're basically spreading ourselves too thin. An example of this is when people plan major deadlines simultaneously or they stack up massive projects one after the other without really giving themselves sort of enough margin to succeed. In all honesty, it's just a horror show waiting to happen. And 
it will probably end up in a mess of tears, frustration and, and lots of comfort eating, I'm sure. The magic number of goals seems to be seven to 10 per year, but only having two or three of those major deadlines for each quarter, any more than that, and our focus is going to suffer along with the results most likely. Consistent effort is critical in order to achieve success. So there you have it. There's our breakdown of the acronym SMARTER for SMARTER goals. Nothing ever goes completely to plan. So look ahead and be honest with yourselves. What are those obstacles? What are the most likely things that will get in your way or potentially derail your efforts? These could include uh, occupation, sort of work things, perhaps family commitments, health issues, or maybe you've got other hobbies or interests that will kick off at different times of the year and maybe interfere, uh, potentially interfere with the goals you've set. By identifying these early, it can really help reduce frustration further down the road, or it can certainly uh, lead to relaxing your time frame to allow for these as well. You just need to be kind to yourself in all honesty. But just a reminder, all the planning, talking, posturing, hypothesizing is going to get you nowhere if you don't get out there and take action. <laughs> if you do none of the things that I've talked through today, except for taking action, you will not fail to be in a better position than if you did all the planning and made it look wonderful and then just sat there and did nothing. Okay. <laughs> if you need help structuring, setting and organizing your goals, then please feel free to contact us because we do have certain products and services that we feel could uh, take care of this for you. We've got a whole course that's dedicated to all of the elements of, of goal setting. And this podcast just covers one of them. And there's many others, trust me. But we can certainly help you to take action and help uh, make that consistent progress that you're looking to uh, to achieve. Because doing these things on your own can be pretty tough. And research certainly shows that those that are part of a community of like-minded individuals are much more likely to reach their goals than those that are out there uh, on their own. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Adam Peaty, Serena Williams, Tom Daly or, or Tyson Fury just sort of rock up on their own uh, and uh, try and achieve uh, what they achieve? Of course not. Everything behind the scenes is taken care of. They just need to turn up in a, in a sense that, yes, they have to do the work, they have to take the action, and then they follow the recommendations set by their teams. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's easy for them, but they are set up to have a much greater chance of achieving an Olympic medal or winning a Grand Slam or becoming a world champion because of that support team that they have behind them. But thank you for listening. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the show. We certainly did. If you have any questions or you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on info at elevatehealthuk.com. 
or you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And as I said earlier, all of our social media handles are in the show notes below. There's also a couple of PDFs from today or a couple of pictures just covering uh, my own personal uh, rowing goal that I put down. I've popped that into the Smarter Framework and also just my first week of training plan as well in, that would go under the actionable uh, category in Smarter Goals. And if you really want to help us, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, provider that you were you were watching on, whatever hosting site you're on. You can, by all means, give it the massive five stars. But if it is only a one star, that's fine because it's the feedback that's really, really important is it helps us to develop the show further and make it that bit better for you in the future. And if you stumbled across this episode on YouTube, then hello, I'm waving at you now. <laughs> uh, if you can, you know, just click that thumbs up button. It'd be great. And it's always a pleasure to have a new subscriber along for the journey. So feel free to, to give that button a whack as well. But thanks again. And remember, knowledge without action is pretty worthless. So have a think about the goals and aspirations you'd like to make and maybe write them down because we know that helps them to stick. And Feel free to share them with us, you know, on our social media or, or email. That's fine. If you want to keep it more private, you know, direct message us or email us. That's absolutely fine. Or even better is to share it with the rest of the community uh, in the comments below if it's on YouTube or onto Instagram or our Facebook site. That'd be fantastic. Because I'm sure you'd find that there's a lot of really, really nice people out there that will also encourage you along the way and give you that extra boost and motivation. But take care and we'll see you in the next episode. So bye for now. <laughs>